Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. <sighs> hey, listener, it's Zach Harper, Amin Hassan, and Anthony Mays of Cinephobe. You may be asking yourself, what is Cinephobe? Amin, would you like to fill in the people? Cinephobe is the podcast where Zach and I watch movies that are poorly rated on Rotten Tomatoes and try to ascertain. Oh, we're trying to well. ascertain? Yes. Okay. Same. Ascertain. Whether or not they're accurately poorly rated, or maybe they didn't get a fair shake. Cinephobe, produced by this guy, Anthony Mays. Hey, that's me. I produced this show. I also watch the movies, even though that wasn't included in the description, and I also ascertain. <laughs> this month is... Wow! Oh, Maze, why do you say that? Supercharge it <laughs> so that this promo can remain evergreen. I feel like explaining a little bit more. In 60 seconds? I don't know. Maybe I don't bring attention to it. Assuring people like, look, if you listen, you're going to get it. Just give it, give it time. That's a good promo. Just listen to it. Give it time. You'll figure it out. Is this the promo right now? Isn't it? Okay, I think we got it. Cinefo. Wherever you get podcasts. <laughs> Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. Tonight, it's our special Christmas movie review show. Tonight, Die Hard. Is it a Christmas movie or just a Bruce Willis action film? Paula Poundstone and I sit down and watch the original Die Hard and take our show hostage until we determine if it is indeed a Christmas movie. I'm Adam Felber, the man who acts as this show's conversational SWAT team, attempting to get our topics home safely. And now, please welcome the woman who blows up every conversation, although in a very Christmassy way, Paula Poundstone! Thank you. That was wonderful. Thank you very much, house band tuba player William Nakamura. William, that was so good. I am hereby inviting you to the first podcast of the new year. So please come on by and you'll be our house band again. Um, Paula, this show drops on Christmas Eve. What are your Ooh. plans for the holiday? What will you be doing when people I are listening? I have been so looking forward to the holiday because, uh, for one thing, I'm going to modify a litter box. One of my litter boxes, the cats keep peeing outside of it. Okay. They don't mean to. They stand high atop the litter and stick their butts on the other side of the wall. That feels kind of intentional. You think well, they know how to use a litter box at this point? You would, wouldn't you? How are you gonna? Uh, how are you gonna modify it? Uh, it's, I don't want to give away my secrets, uh, but uh, yeah, what? that's. I'm. I'm really looking forward to that. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to clean the windowsill. In the kitchen, 
On Christmas Eve or Christmas? Uh, well, I might save that for Christmas. Yeah, that sounds like a Christmas Day yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Th- I can just imagine you padding down in the morning. Oh, eyes all excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Visions of sugar plum <laughs> dancing in my head. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited about everything I'm going to do over the whole holiday. Well, you know, you're invited to my place for Christmas. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Got to make sure I take care of the litter market first. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's what I'm going to do. People keep saying to me, you know, what are you going to do for the holiday? And I say, you know, modify a litter box. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, you yeah. made a little <laughs> scrape away the mold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, nice. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, who wouldn't go up uh, on the litter box? Click, click, click. Yo, ho, ho. Here we go. I've got to <laughs> cough a little bit. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> a very Poundstone Christmas. Okay, uh, so you're filled with Christmas spirit, ready to tackle the question. This is a question that it's 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 become a thing on the internet over the last five it's years. It's divided the nation. The nation is divided. More than the impeachment hearings, yes. this question. This question is, is the 1988 action movie classic Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis, um, a Christmas movie? Now we're going to try to answer that question tonight. I know the answer. I know you know I've the answer. Seen it. Yeah, you now you've now seen it. Um, we've both seen it. Okay, people have been saying on the internet for a few years that it is a Christmas movie, and uh, not, when asked about it, the screenwriter, one not, of the screenwriters, Stephen D'Souza, movie. don't give it away, Paula. <laughs> it's, it's not a Christmas. Movie. Stated on Twitter that Die Hard is a Christmas film. Going going Fuck in you, line with, with a long line of people who are movie. saying you know, like it's showing up on the internet. On best Christmas movie lists. Oh all over Jesus! The oh, it is. It is kind of a shitty now, Christmas. Movie however, at his Comedy Central <laughs> roast, Bruce Willis declared, "Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. It's a goddamn Bruce Willis movie." And barely that. <laughs> I don't know what you mean by that. He hardly talks. Anyway, uh, a couple of things that we should say is I watched this movie for I'm guessing the second or maybe third time in my life, um, and I had not seen it in about twenty years. I oh, guess not, boy. not since its heyday. Yeah. Um, and uh, you were seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I saw it for the first time. The other thing that was different is that for the first time on the, in the history of this podcast, you and I, because of our very busy schedules, had to watch this movie on our own. Oh, man. It was hard watching it without you, Adam. I have um, to say. But the, I realized, you know, so you had seen it twice already. I realized Once or twice. That's one of the things. You know, I always you know, look at you and I say, what's different about Adam from me? Yeah. And I realized one of the things is you, you've seen Die Hard twice and I hadn't seen it at all. Yeah, that is really and that, different. That's a striking difference. That's another striking difference is you've seen every episode of Perry Mason probably a half a dozen times. Oh, or more. Oh, and I've oh, seen... Yeah. No complete episodes of Perry Mason in my entire Whoa, life. Whoa, that's yeah. insane. I don't know if it's insane. It's I think insane. It's a, I think it's just a difference it's between insane. us. It's yeah. insane. Man, that's why I'm able to think so much more analytically than you are. Oh, my um, God, that's just not true. So now, do you, all right, so for the people who maybe haven't seen Die Hard, maybe yes. you should fill them in a little bit. I have prepared a little summary. Shall I Shall Please. I go ahead and, uh, and recite it? Let her rip. Here we go. And I don't want to tip off whether or not I think it's a Christmas movie or not. It's not a Christmas movie. So here's just my quick my quick summary. Twas the night before Christmas, and here in L.A., a corporate party went hugely astray. Okay, Christmas Eve, New York cop John McClane comes to L.A. to spend the holidays with his estranged wife and kids. She's now vice president of the Nakatomi Corporation, and he stops by their giant, unfinished new headquarters to join her at the holiday party. 
Unfortunately, a group of trendy Eurotrash terrorists, led by the cultured and purportedly German Hans Gruber, breaks in, hijacks the party, seals off the building, and initiates a $600 billion heist scheme that involves hacking, drilling, murder, helicopters, blowing shit up, and insulting Americans. Yep. What Gruber didn't count on, however, is John McClane, uh. who spends the rest of the movie sneaking around, picking off terrorists, foiling plans, and roasting Gruber over the radio with a variety of sick burns. Eventually, the good guys win, Gruber falls to his death, McClane learns to be a better, more supportive partner to his wife, and in a true Christmas miracle, McClane helps an LAPD cop learn to overcome his fears and once again shoot people in the face. <laughs> and I heard him exclaim as he put a cap in that sucker... Yippee Kaye. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. It's exact that that is a fine summary of <laughs> Thank that. Thank you very film. much. That's exactly so that's essentially it. Yeah. 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 Uh okay. So let's just begin. I maybe tipped my hat already. A little bit. I maybe showed my hand. A tiny bit. Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Okay. I, I have several reasons. Uh uh I want to hear him. I want to start by asking you a question. Because I think if we're going to get analytical, if we're going to go yeah. all Perry Mason on this, yeah. or Parry yeah. Mason? Perry. Perry Mason on Parry this. Parry Mason. Uh, what the fuck is that? Parry Mason. Okay. What makes, what defines a Christmas movie? Well, there's a certain spirit, Adam. A certain spirit de defines a Christmas movie. You know, okay. a character goes through a change, for example. Okay. Uh, it's not just that there's some Christmas music playing in the background. Okay. All right. Here's just an example. Okay. Uh, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which is undeniably a Christmas movie, Rudolph- It's questionably a movie. Rudolph lives in Christmas town. He works with elves, and although Santa is inexplicably- Assholish as is Rudolph's father, Donner, the head elf they're and the reindeer coach. Yeah, they all suck. Still, they all work towards making and delivering toys to children on Christmas. And Burlive sings. These are the things that make it a Christmas movie. Okay. In Die Hard, Bruce Willis kills a terrorist, puts a Santa hat on him, writes, now I have a machine gun ho, ho, ho on his shirt, <laughs> sends him down in an elevator to surprise the criminals when the door opens. Yeah, it's he... not the same spirit. However, I want to point out that if you if you are going to say this is a Christmas movie and there is some sort of transformation. It is I'm not. Place, but if you are. Yeah. That ho, 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 and uh, I killed you a guy thing happens before Bruce Willis's big transformation. Oh, then he has a change. It's like a Christmas carol. No, yes, no, it it's not at all. Here's another example, okay. Adam. Okay, I'll keep shooting him down. And It's a Wonderful Life, the small town cop sings outside George Bailey's house on his wedding night. In Die Hard, John McClane, played by Bruce Willis, says, I'm not the one who just got his butt fucked on national television in his argument with the police chief. It's a different spirit, Adam. Huh. I could see Santa from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer um, telling Donner that he got his butt fucked by having a, a deformed child. No, there's child. no such talk. <laughs> no, but it's implied. Santa's it like, was... oh, Donner, that's a butt fuck getting a child with a nose like that. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> such, no. Kill it no. now and kick it off the cliff. No, no such. That's no. kind of Santa's thing. In The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, when The Grinch saw the love, community, and joy in the Whoville Christmas celebration, his heart grew two sizes too big. Yeah. In Die Hard, Bruce Willis finds a random large chain hanging within his reach while he's being strangled by a blonde German man, and he wraps it around his neck. It's a different spirit. <laughs> I don't see a, a big difference there. You know, that's uh, all that's, the same that, to you? That feels the same to yeah. me. There's, you know, they're having this fight, and all of a sudden, uh, and then there's this 
big silver chain hanging where uh, in a place where Bruce Willis could reach out and grab it. And uh, you know, look at the like, what the fuck was that chain doing hanging I there? Think, Why well, was that they chain were still there? Building the upper floors. I, I pretty, I'm I don't pretty, think they used I'm a chain sure like that. There was going to be retail stores on the on the upper levels, and one of them was going to be Chains R Us. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Yeah, I'm guessing one of it was uh, you know chains and things. Yeah, <laughs> bling, <laughs> big bling. Okay, so yes, there's some questions. I mean, if you are going to argue it's a Christmas movie, obviously it's not a Christmas movie. If you're going to argue it, and somebody has to, and I don't even agree with me when I say this, but it is. I'm on fl- your side on that. It does take place on Christmas because I don't agree with you either. It does take place on Christmas Eve. That I can't deny. It takes place on Christmas Eve, There's but that's not what makes music. it a Christmas movie. And here's the thing. At the moment when this arguably kind of bad guy, Bruce Willis, feels like he's going to die. And he's, he's not a bad guy necessarily. He's kind of a bad guy. He does things like write ho 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 now I have a machine gun. And he and and like in the first scene before anything anything breaks. He was trying loose, to rescue people. We learned that he voluntarily let his marriage dissolve because he couldn't deal with the idea of his wife having a great job. Yeah. That's not a mark of a great guy. No. He realizes that in this moment where he thinks he's about to die and says over the radio to his cop friend all the things that you would hope for somebody to transform to say, I understand that I sh- I said I love you a lot of times, but I didn't listen. That kind of stuff. Yeah, it was very moving. It was, it was, if, if you're going to make it a Christmas movie, <laughs> yeah. which I don't want to do, but that's how, that's it's the kind of thing It's not a Christmas movie. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about it as a movie. Now, what if it had taken place on the anniversary of my birth? It would be a Poundstone Would it movie. be a birthday, a Paula Poundstone birthday <laughs> well, movie? If, if everybody in the movie was humming Poundstone tunes and uh, saying Merry Poundstone birthday to each other. No, and talking no, about, like, no, That's not no, how we should no. be behaving on Poundstone no. Eve. That's not even what people did. Let me let me just give you another example, Adam. Okay. In White <laughs> Christmas, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye have their entire former army regiment reunite to surprise their aging commanding general and let him know that they love him and he has not forgotten. In Die Hard, Alan Rickman makes his ponytailed henchmen shoot up all the windows around barefooted Bruce Willis, and he gets his feet cut on the glass. It's not the same spirit. No, because the Bruce Willis thing is much closer to the New Testament. (laughs) Hey, Paula. You know... Every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge 
jogger. Ooh. And, you know, I put them on when I came back from New York. I pulled them on and I, I swear to you, okay, this is not scientific because I was tired already. Right. But they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly, like right as I got them up to my waist, I I, I think my eyes closed. They're so, it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. When sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing, they cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash nobody. Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't <laughs> think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They man. cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh my Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect 
perfect mattress match in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, You know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. Adam, you know I have a house full of cats and a couple of big dogs. So I have this one cat who every night likes to stand in the hallway and yowl. And he has kind of a, a little bit like me because uh, of allergies. I don't know why he has it. But his name is Theo and he has a really grovelly voice. So he'll, it's it's hard to describe it. I can't do a good impression. Um, but it's a little dusty, gravelly voice. Okay, so earlier I was laying on the living room floor because I'm exhausted and I'm wearing a nylon fiber fill vest. As I'm laying on the floor, Theo shoves his head through one sleeve of the vest and crawls up and is now stuck inside in between my back and the vest and is yowling (laughs) because he can't get out. And then finally his head comes out the other sleeve and he goes out. What's not to love? That's what I say. (laughs) What is not to love? Which brings me to this. Today's episode is sponsored by the ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program. Your pet is part of your family. You know that already. And you want the best for them no matter what. But vet bills can really add up. Go ahead, ask me. That's why you should check out pet insurance. And with ASPCA Pet Health Insurance, you can focus on the care your pet deserves and cover what matters most. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. That's a lot of pets. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. Because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCA.com. 
PetInsurance.com slash Paula. That's A-S-P-C-A. We spell that A-S-P-C-A. PetInsurance.com slash Paula. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. And if you're going to do it anyway, use our code. I mean, you know how like Jesus got nails through his palms? Yes. Well, what are the palms on your legs? They're your feet. The palms on your legs? Yeah, he basically, got, he basically had feet stigmata. Yeah, no. As a result of that. No, boy. I'm just, yeah, I'm trying you anything I can, just, Paula. Yeah, really. Well, nobody yeah, else is going to pull the weight yeah, for you carry are, that water. You, are, <laughs> you must have advised the Republicans in their impeachment uh, uh, argument. It, it is a movie You're about, just throwing out shit at this point. If there's any emotional core to the movie, it's this guy has a failing marriage, and it's still failing when he arrives. And as a result of the events that happen and their near-death experience— it repairs their relationship. I don't know that it does, by the way. Okay. You know, you have no idea how long that, you know. Uh, how long is Rudolph going to want to live with his parents again after they kicked him out? Well, yeah, but Rudolph grows up and matures. But um, <laughs> as if the immaturity was his problem. Uh, but in the Bruce Willis case, you don't know. All right, so Adam mentioned in his summary. Oh, you can just put him in a bag and throw him in the river. <laughs> Adam mentioned in his summary um, that uh, so Bruce Willis befriends this this one cop from the LAPD who who seems to uh, believe in him. Al. Al. And Al, you know, he makes contact with Al over a walkie-talkie. Yeah, on, 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 on Channel 9. Which has, uh, yeah, which is apparently the same channel that everyone is on. It's the most so, popular channel in L.A. So in the, the, the bad guys can hear him and they keep coming in. It's like a, it's like a party it's line. It's a party line, yeah. yeah. So, so Bruce they have Willis, very emotional talks. Bruce Willis <laughs> is talking to Al about his wife and then all of a sudden the bad guy's like, is that you, Bruce Willis? And Bruce Willis says, get off this line. Yeah. I, I, it's kind of funny that Gruber never missed is a, a chance to insult Bruce Willis, but he lays back during those emotional conversations between yeah. Alan and Bruce. Yeah, he just let it out. Yeah. Let it out, Bruce Willis. Let it out. And can we you say, have been can a, we say a word about Alan Rickman, though? Because he is delightful in this movie. He's, to me, the best thing in the movie. He's very good. He's, uh, he's, he's You'll got not a, get any argument from me on that. It's very good. A typical Christmas movie villain. A lot of people actually thought he was German, but he's not. Yeah. No, I, I think that's the weakest part of his performance. What? The German accent? The, the, the occasional German accent. Oh, I thought it was very believable. Really? Um, yeah. You know, one thing that was really weird in this movie is that, so Bruce Willis, while he's hiding in the bowels of the building, and nobody knows he's there yet, he, he calls, he manages to, I don't know, find some way to call the police. Yes. Before before the bad guys use some sort of computer cutoff device. No, this is after he goes to the him. roof with his radio. All right, so he calls the police, and a lady, you know, answers, you know, police, and uh, and he says, uh, you know, that he's in this building <laughs> and there's criminals there, and they're like, you know, this is a prank. You can't use this. Yeah, I wish this is one of the things that made me wish I was watching it with you because we probably would have watched that section three times. It because, just made no sense. Somebody he, he calls. Going like, I'm in a building and there's terrorists and they're shooting people. And this woman keeps going, sir, this line is only for emergencies. Please hang up. <laughs> and he goes, what do you think I'm doing? Ordering a fucking pizza? That's uh, <laughs> I, it just makes sense. Her part doesn't so, make any sense. So then there's machine gun fire. Yeah. 
And so the dispatcher hears it and she decides, she hangs up with them and she decides, they send over one patrol car and it's not even really a patrol car, it's a desk jockey guy. On his way home from uh, work, yeah. On his way home from work who later confesses that he can't really be in the field anymore because he accidentally shot a kid one time and ever since then he can't bring himself to shoot his gun. Yes. Which means that he's no help whatsoever in any way should there be an actual problem, which there was. Yes. Yeah. So I don't think right it's about that. great response to terrorists. No, it's it, well, it's it's pre 9 11. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> back, back then. then back we, then, a response to terrorism was, sir, if this is not a robbery, yeah. please call someone else. Or a domestic issue. If it, we'll come for a domestic issue. Yeah. It's, but not if it's. If the, are the people yelling at each other, sir? Does it feel like a relationship is breaking up? <laughs> In Scrooge the Musical and Christmas Eve, the ghost of Scrooge's former business partner, along with three other ghosts, show Ebenezer Scrooge scenes from Christmas past, present, and future. And his miserly heart is moved to make way for a generous spirit. In Die Hard, Bruce Willis's newfound cop friend blows someone away with his gun for the first time he was able to in years. It's a different spirit. It is a different spirit. And I'll tell you what, the, the Christmas spirit is in those two instances is much more alive in Die Hard. Because Scrooge, because Scrooge's ultimate decision is based on what? Self-interest. He looks at the, at his grave and sees that there's nobody there. And he's like, oh, uh, there's the other threat of things, me dying alone. No, other things happened. Yeah, one or Tiny two. Tim dies yeah. in, the, in the Christmas uh, future. Yeah. No, a lot of other. No, the, uh, you didn't understand. Anyway, this, Scrooge. This, this cop, Al, gets his groove back in killing people. Uh, because oh, he's, man, it's so because, happy when it happens. Because he's saving, he's saving Bruce Willis and his wife. The guy, yes, because the, the guy, guy that he down. choked with the chain, right? Right. He, he hangs him with a chain. But doesn't kill he him. He hangs him. And, in an uh, act of and he Christmas didn't mercy finish doesn't the kill job. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow the guy gets off hanging nowhere near anything that he could get down from. Yeah. There's no explanation. All of a sudden he shows up at the door with a gun at the very, very end when they thought they thought that all all was well now and they're hugging and everything. And he was goes, hanging for a long time because he we was remember, hanging for a long he time. Was, he was hung and then everybody ran up to the roof and then Bruce Willis ran off to the roof, ran up to the roof and said, "Get down, everybody! It's a trap!" And you actually see these people running by the guy still dangling there. Yeah, yeah. And apparently he said to one of them, "Come here a minute, help me." And the guy goes, <laughs> "Well, it's let, Christmas Eve. I'll let you down. <laughs> Thank you, Dankeschön, for helping me down. Can you give me a gun?" I need to go down and finish some business. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to blow everybody away, but it's not a realistic movie. Oh, no. Well, no. It's a big, stupid action movie. Yeah, it's I mean, a big, I, stupid action but movie. But I thought as big, stupid action movies go, it was very, very... Um, stupid. Uh, entertaining. I was entertained by it. You know, one of the things about this movie is they don't give... Uh, you know, Bruce Willis has no sidekick. Right. So a lot of the stuff that he says has to be to himself. <laughs> And and honestly, it doesn't have that many lines. Very much like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, who's that other idiot? Stallone. Yeah. Um, I would say that he he's apparently got three doesn't remember as many lines as as Stallone or Schwarzenegger. You know, really? Yeah, I'm he, not sure. But a lot of them are to himself. I think they're supposed to be like James Bond type quips. But boy, do they miss the mark on that. Like which? He da- he dashes off such memorable quips as when he sees a fire truck coming out the window and hopes it will come save the day. He goes. Come to Papa. I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian. <laughs> yeah, no, he doesn't say that, Paula. Yes, he does. No, that's not. That's not a. I don't know. Yes, we, he does. 
I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian? Yes. You really? missed that? I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really yeah. Tired. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Come to Papa, well, it's I'll no wonder you thought Dalmatian. it was a good movie. You slept through it. No, I didn't sleep through it, but I did miss that line. Uh, yeah. No, he does say he, he, he does say that. Yeah. yeah. I think if you, you play it others? back. Do you have any other good uh, solo uh, clips? Uh, uh, I, I remember him just saying to the fire truck, uh, come on, don't turn around. No, which, which yeah, I, I think you maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah no, okay. no. And uh, that poor writer who worked day and night on that line, come to Papa. I feel bad. I'll kiss your fucking Dalmatian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Yippie Kaye motherfucker line was a, was a big one. Yeah, that was a very famous one. He's yeah, talking to uh, Alan Gruber. Rickman, the yeah. bad guy, on the phone, and he doesn't want to say his name, and he doesn't want to say that he's a cop, and so... Uh, Somehow he comes up with Gruber the idea. Gruber calls him a cowboy. Yeah. And, and so he says, yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. Yep. Yeah. And then another time he throws in there, Geronimo, motherfucker. I think that he's a little limited. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But he has no, yeah, he has, there's nobody to do like retorts with. And so instead. Well, that's why he's, he's got just, Al on the radio. But yeah. that's more for like a counseling and emotional help. Yeah. Al, yeah. tell my wife I love her. Yeah. And then, and then his wife rips the. Walkie-talkie from Al's hand. He goes, "Fuck you! It's a little late, asshole." No, that, now I know she doesn't do that. Okay, no, she doesn't <laughs> do that. <laughs> Definitely not something that happened. It would have been a better film if she had. Yeah, probably. You know what? You know what? He did. He she does give him another chance, and I'm not sure he deserves one. No, he doesn't deserve one. Not only that, that but when she but, hugs him at the end, he is sweaty and gross, and I think they could wait to hug. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you've just been through a tense yeah. hostage situation in which you've seen your friends murdered. And, you know what? And they cut the phone lines. They didn't cut off the water. Honey, go in, rinse off, and then we'll hug. Wow. All right. And put you your know, shirt back on. I'm not hugging that wife beater. For, in a, for a very thin plot device, he spends the entire movie in a wife beater. Yeah. I think to, to give, you know, show that action movie. Well, I think they thought he was good looking. Yeah. I think that's a thing. Back then, he was supposed to be good looking. Yeah. Yeah. To me, was he? he's a little Lev Parnassy. Yeah. He does kind of have that, like, yeah. they had to shave his back hair before each take kind of look. There, there's just a feeling yeah. that he's like a, a thumb with a wife beater on. There's right. uh, a, th- a yeah. th- human he's like thumb. like a thumb. All right. Now, I am not, I don't feel qualified. And, and clearly, you don't, does anybody else in this studio feel that Bruce Willis is or was attractive? Nothing. Down and Silence back. Silence from and Captain back. Crinkle, which is a first. Yeah. By the way, noticing tonight another Christmas miracle. Captain Crinkle's got a new one. She seems to have developed restless leg syndrome. Oh, is that have true? you noticed this? Yeah, she's been like vibrating her leg. Oh, but yeah. but unlike most people, her her foot comes off the ground a little bit just so it can make a little noise. Well, she's short. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there it is. I I I I. I, I uh, uh, okay, so I, I think we have to render two verdicts here. Um, one being, is it a Christmas movie? No. And the uh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> you'd be terrible at a trial. Yeah. Has the jury reached their de- no? <laughs> Stop pestering us. Okay. No, and it other, is not the, a Christmas and movie. Would you recommend the movie? In no. Okay. I would say no. Get over it. It's not a Christmas movie. It's a movie that, if you're an action movie fan, you probably like to watch at Christmas. But I don't think it really fulfills any who of the, the missions. Who the fuck watches an action movie at Christmas? Anybody who's tired of watching Christmas movies. Oh, you never get tired of watching Christmas. <laughs> really? I love them. 
So you're just going to gather around the litter boxes and watch some Christmas movies? Well, I like to watch. While building your mysterious cat box attachment? After I modify my litter box, I enjoy a Christmas film. Is it going to be a sneeze guard? No, it's not going to be a sneeze guard. My cats don't sneeze in the litter box. No, but you know those sneeze guards that they have over salad bars? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I used to work in a salad bar. Oh, great. So then you know that if you were to angle one correctly on on the back of a litter box, it could reflect and, you know, it could take care of the pee problem that way. No. Allowing it to flow into the box. <laughs> Allow, allowing it that, to flow. Yeah. Um, yeah that's not going to be your modification? No, that's not the modification. All right. All right. So um, once again, my verdict is a uh, good movie, not a Christmas movie. Your verdict is no and no. Mm-hmm. Come to Papa. I'll kiss your <laughs> fucking Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, Merry Die Hard Christmas, everybody. <laughs> The Cat of the Week is Suzette from San Carlos, California. Paula, we're about to start a new year. Where are you going to be performing in the new year? I hate promoting myself, Adam. It's the one part of my job that I really dislike. Then as a Christmas gift to you, let's not do it. I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas on February 29th at the Windspear Opera House, and I'm going to be in New York on April 30th at Town Hall. All right. Adam. Yes. Answer the phone. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Hello? Hey, Adam. It's me, Mike Bum Bum Boniface. Hi, Mike. It's a fucking Christmas movie, man. It's what? a Christmas movie. I don't even agree with that, Mike. Goddamn Bruce Willis. Oh, man, it's the best. You know what I want for Christmas? What do you want, Mike? Die Hard 2, Die Hard 3, Die Hard 4. It's a fucking Christmas movie. It's great. Why do you want the sequels, Mike? They're just so good. I just want to do a Die Hard marathon, man. That's right. what I'm going to do. Mike, you know, usually when you call, it's yeah. because you want to yell about how Paul is wrong and I'm right about everything. Yeah. That's wow, not she's the case. wrong about this, man. But I'm, she's I guess a, I'm wrong, too. Not, a, not really, Adam, because I, I, no, I, would, I, would I know be, you're just going along with her for Christmas. No, no, Mike, I'm not. Yeah. I, I really you don't think it's... You are such a nice guy, man. Oh, you thank you. You are such a nice thank guy. Thank you, Mike. I, you know what I'm doing right now? What are you doing, Mike? Sniffing magic markers. <laughs> Why are you sniffing magic markers, Mike? I got one red, one green. It's for what, the holiday. What happens to you when you sniff them, Mike? I get really fucking high, man. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You ever do that? You ever do that, I, sniff magic marker? No, no. Oh, you get really fucking high. It sounds sounds economical. I like to sniff I like to sniff magic markers and watch Die Hard. Ho, 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 out of Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Mike. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Oh, my God. I want that to stop happening. All right. So, uh, Paula, at all your locations where you're going to be performing in the new year, you will have Poundstone Pussy Pillows available for sale. That's exactly right, Adam. I have a Poundstone Pussy Pillow, which is a uh, um, catnip-filled small pillow with a grommet so you could tie a string around it if you wanted to. String not included. The string is not included, ladies and gentlemen. Put some effort into this. On one side, there's a little cat joke, and on the other side, I'm happy to autograph it to your cat. And uh, that'll be available at my shows. And not yet available at paulapoundstone.com. You can find out where the shows are 
and follow that trail of breadcrumbs to the shows in order to purchase Poundstone Pussy Pillows. Yeah, you got to make some effort. You got to make some effort. We're not just giving these away. We are working on getting these babies for sale at paulapoundstone.com. But look, Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah, yeah. And if we're going to mark, like, look, there's going to be a day when you can buy physical objects over the internet. That day that is not day here is not, yet. Not today. <laughs> Maybe sometime not, in 2020. Not at Paula Poundstone. Actually, there's lots of stuff you can buy at PaulaPoundstone.com. That's right. You can buy t-shirts. Yeah. You can buy. I have a remarkably soft tri-poly blend t-shirt with a self-portrait on the left breast and a memorable quote on the back. And it's remarkably soft, Adam, because it's made from a tri-poly blend. Which is? Made from a tri-poly blend. And what's and a tri-poly blend, Paula? Uh, it's a blend of three polys. And what are the three polys involved in your particular shirt? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the names of What's the polys. What's your shirt made of? I, it's made of a tri-poly blend. That's what all I know. Tri-poly? Okay. I, I haven't done a chemical analysis of the shirt, Adam. I just know that I get it from a company that uses a tri-poly blend, which is what makes it remarkably soft. And I'm going to just let that stand. Merry Christmas. Oh, wow. What a beautiful holiday treat. <laughs> We'll be back right after this. According to climate scientists, we have 10 years and three weeks until the Earth begins to become uninhabitable. Happy holidays. Dead Pilot Society brings you exclusive readings of comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Patton Oswalt. So the vampire from the future sleeps in the dude's studio during the day, and they hunt monsters at night. It's Blade meets the odd couple. <laughs> Adam Scott and Jane Levy. Come on, Corey. She's too serious, too businessy. She doesn't know the hokey pokey. Well, she'll learn what it's all about. <laughs> Busy Phillips and Dave Keckner. Baby, this is family. My Uncle Tell, who showed his wiener to Cinderella at Disneyland, is family. Do you want him staying with us? He did stay with us for three months. And he was a delight. <laughs> a new pilot every month, only on Dead Pilot Society for Maximum Fun. We are so thrilled at your interest in attending Hieronymus Wiggenstaff's School for Heroism and Villainy. Wiggenstaff's beautiful campus boasts state-of-the-art facilities and instructors with real-world experience. We are also proud to say that our alumni have gone on to be professional heroes and villains in the most renowned kingdoms in the world. But of course, you are not applying to the main school, are you? You're applying for our sidekick and henchperson annex. You will still benefit from the school's amazing campus and you'll have a lifetime of steady employment. Of course, there's no guarantee how long that lifetime will be. Join the McRoys as they return to Dungeons and Dragons with the Adventure Zone Graduation every other Thursday on Maximum Fun or wherever podcasts are found. Ho, 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 you nobodies. Remember, our email address is nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com. And you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Now, Paula, it's been a wonderful year full of magical surprises. I'm sure that the rest of this year has a few more surprises in store for us. I'm hoping so. Yeah. We have one more show before the year is out, in fact. 
Oh boy, that's, that's going to be the good one. Our special New Year's Eve show. We're finally going to get it right. So tune in next week, everybody. All right, that's our show. Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. Is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam DeFelber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, Ken Lezebnik, and Tony Anita Hall. Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, William Nakamura. Woo! Security muscle is provided by Tyler, the Studio City behemoth Burke. Transcription services for the show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> Have you been a good girl this year, Paula Poundstone? Fantastic. <laughs> How do you mean that? You know, I want to I want to give a I want to give a Merry Christmas shout out to well, Merry Christmas what? A Merry Christmas shout out to Never Not Funny. Jimmy Pardo's podcast. Oh, oh, they've been a very good boy this year. I want to ask them how little Jimmy Longhair's doing, the kitten that I gave to Jimmy Pardo. Oh, bad news about that, Paula. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.